Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you to raise the bar on your own performance and to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's episode. Greetings, everyone. It's Hugh Ballou. We're here. It's Tuesday at two. It's the Nonprofit Exchange, and it's a place where I get to interview some amazing people about their their experience, their wisdom, what they've learned from all the things they've done. Maybe they've learned from some things they didn't do just the way they thought it ought to come out. Uh, but also, you know, it's it's what do we need to learn to raise the bar on our own performance? Transformational leadership was developed in the 80s by Burns and Bass, two, two writers that looked at the military as a model for leadership. And uh, it's, it's what we teach at Center Vision. It's what a conductor uses to build strong, amazing cultures that respond to the nuance of the leader. And you know, in concert, in combat, when a, when a play is being performed on stage, the leader cannot micromanage the team. They've gotta be rehearsed and ready to go. We're gonna talk about safeguards, things that we don't normally think about in our day-to-day -day work. So my, my guest today is a new friend, Brian Searcy. And Brian, welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. And please tell people a little bit about you and your background. Well, Hugh, thanks for having me on. Uh, always love to talk about situation awareness and how it helps with safety, mental health, and leadership. Uh, I'm a retired Air Force Colonel. I did 23 years in the Air Force. Um, AWACS navigator, J-STARS navigator, uh, two tours at the Pentagon, and then I commanded at the squadron, the group, and the wing level. My final final assignment was the, the wing uh, that J-STARS has at uh, Robbins Air Force Base. Since then, I've done a number of other, a number of things. I've started a couple businesses. I helped my wife build her business. But about four years ago, I was asked to take my expertise and, and dive in to try and solve the problem of, of active shooters and school shootings. Um, so that's how I got it truly into the safety piece. During that time, I built a program to hopefully prevent active shooting events from happening using micro e-learning. And then the end of 2019 realized that active shooting while catastrophic is only one of dozens of threats that we, we come in contact with in our homes and our communities and our schools and businesses every day. Let's work on preventing them. Um, they're all getting worse instead of better. Let's proactively put a program in place like I said, so that we can uh, turn those numbers around and, and change the, tra the trajectory. Now, you said um, uh, that you're retired. So how come you're doing this work? What's your passion? <laughs> well, I retired from the Air Force. Um, my wife is, you know, knows me better than anybody else. And she says, what I'm doing today is because I need to have a mission in life. Um, and she's absolutely right. That's why I ended, actually ended, entered the Air Force was because I needed to have a mission. And she also knows that retire, retire is not something that I'm ever going to be able to do, um, especially with what I'm involved in now. I'm extremely passionate about what's going on in our country. I'm very passionate to solve root problems and not deal with symptoms. And I think that a lot of the problems that are going on in our society come from a lack of situation awareness and a lack of well-developed personal skills. Um, so we've tied all those together in our program so we can help people take responsibility for their own safety, the safety of our communities, improve people's mental health, actually then empower people to be great parents. Wow. That's, that's a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's, um, <laughs> what, are, what are some of the blind spots? I, I know we, we, our audience is nonprofit leaders and clergy. 
And we just think everything's going to be happy-go-lucky. Everything's going to be fine. And we tend to ignore some, some warning signs, some red flags. So um, what are some of the blind spots that leaders have, especially in this sector where, where you know, we just think everybody's a good person. They're all going to be on, in line for the cause. But that's not always true, is it? No, it's not always true. And, you know, situational awareness is actually a God-given gift. We all have it. Um, that's what the, the skill that God gave us to be able to manage our fight or flight responses. Um, with situational awareness, it gives us the ability to know what normal is and have set up our parameters of the levels we will trust people, how we will look at people's behaviors and their changes in behaviors that could be indicators of things that are going on in their lives. Um, but then it, it also empowers leadership. So anybody that's a parent or a leader of an organization, if you don't have situation awareness and you're not looking for those learning opportunities to turn leadership philosophies into a verb, then you're not going to be successful. Um, but you're right. Hope is not a strategy today. I love a quote from Bruce Lee. He, he was asked one time, you know, why do you spend so much time starting martial arts and to be a warrior? And he said, I would much rather be a warrior in a garden that I would be a gardener in a war. So he strives for peace, but he prepares for whatever event that he would potentially have to deal with. And that's what we're talking about with, with situation awareness. The goal is to learn this skill so that you can prevent things from happening because you learn how to look for those indicators and then you know how to take action to prevent it from happening or, or remove yourself from being a victim. Ultimately, we'd never wanna be in a situation where we have to deal with a, a fight or flight response but if you, if you have planned for it, you're going to be the odds of you being successful when dealing with it. And it's not just an active shooter. It could be a whole host of other things that we talk about. You're much more likely to be successful. There's a number of ways people invade our privacy and take advantage of us. You know, there's just, um, we don't even put safeguards for our finances in the nonprofit. You know, there's, there's certain processes and procedure for the everyday things like that. Um, and then the security for our, our Wi-Fi and our email and our, our payroll systems. We just kind of don't even think it's crucial. So, so what are some of the major threats that we're facing today? What ways um, do we need to be, a, be attentive to that people can help hurt us? So it's always important to do those hardening things. So whether you're trying to protect your organization from cyber, um, keep your data secure so that somebody that actually tries to intrude on your system from a physical perspective can't do it, um, whether to protect your buildings, to protect all of that. Hardening and technology is extremely important. But what we see oftentimes is it's not that direct hard intrusion where they're successful. Where they're successful is through the non-direct, where they send a text or an email um, where it's the phishing campaign and somebody clicks on something that gives the predator access to your system. According to the FBI, almost 40% of every successful cyber attack is done just in that way. With a little bit of situational awareness training and an understanding of what these threats are and some critical thinking, we all have the ability to not allow that to happen. So if you get a text, I got a text just the other day from AT&T that said, thank you for just paying your bill and I'll click on this link for your free gift. I can only imagine how many people actually do that today, but that's a phishing attack. 
that somebody's coming at me to get me to click on that link so that they have access to my phone, which then by default, they might have access to my email passwords, to my bank passwords, all of those types of things. So situation awareness gives us the ability to identify those types of things. But then situation awareness also gives us the ability to, again, to pay attention to the behavior, especially of our kids, of what's going on cyber in the cyber realm. Um, so cyber is obviously a, a huge thing that's going on out there. So I've, I've learned that when PayPal sends me something about my account alert and they say, hey, customer, well, I know right there, it's not for me. I know right there. And then I, I check the email address and it has nothing to do with PayPal. What are some other ways that we can be alert to those phishing scams? Yeah, so you just listed a couple very good ones, which and here's the sad thing in the reality of, of what's going on in our current society is that less than one in seven people actually have situation awareness. So a lot of time or many times somebody may get a, an email like the one you just said from PayPal and they've got in their mind, yeah, this doesn't sound right. But two weeks later, they'll get that same email and they're so busy on so many other things that they're not even paying attention because they don't have a situation awareness process that they, they will click on that. And that's how, that's why these phishing attempts continually are coming in because they're waiting for us to be so worn down or so preoccupied with something else that we'll go ahead and click on it. So what you just identified is a great thing. Always look at is, is that email where it's coming from, from a re reliable place. And then does the email make sense? And that's where, like I said, when people are so preoccupied with what they're doing, they don't use critical thinking, which means they don't go, well, why? am I getting this email? This doesn't make sense. I don't have this account or it's a close or I already paid the bill. Right. So and that's why they're continually doing it. Cause they're hoping to get us when we're in that state of, I just got to get through this. And that's why it's so important to have the, the habits and behaviors. So you do it as, all the time. Or they put some fear into you act now to protect your account. You know, this is urgent. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a scarcity or an anxiety that, that, maybe surpasses your logical thinking. Now, nobody told us we had to think logically to run this. <laughs> what, what's going on here? Did somebody change the rules? Um, so let's go back a step a minute. You, you're using the term situational awareness. Is that an industry standard? Is that something you came up with? What, give us some context around that and define that, please. Well, it, it, yeah, uh, situational awareness, like I said, it's a God-given gift that we all have. Now, ironically, it's not really talked about, talked much about in the business area. Obviously, being from the military, situation awareness is something that is, that is extremely important. Um, in the business community, uh, you will hear the term self-aware. That's very important, but that is not situation awareness. It's actually a component of being situationally aware. Um, so situation awareness is that hair on the back of the neck or that gut feeling when something that shouldn't be in your environment enters your environment. But in order to be able to understand that, you first have to know what's normal in your environment. And since most people don't pay attention to what's going on around them, they haven't set that baseline. So that's why a lot of times they don't get that hair on the back of the neck or that gut feeling. And then situation awareness is a process of identifying, assessing, and thinking about what you would do in case something happens. So you're preparing yourself through continuous planning. So our programs give the individual the, the opportunity for them to learn their own situation awareness because it's different for everybody. Um, we teach the 10 critical skills that you have to have to have situation awareness. We educate on the threats. 
Um, and then you're empowered, like I said, to take responsibility for your own safety. But two other things that, that situation awareness gives you is the ability to be, you be, to be more happy because you're less stressed, but also help your friends, your neighbors, your kids, your spouse by looking at how they're behaving and potentially helping their mental health. But, and then also empowering that leadership piece that's so important. Number of points there. Um, so <laughs> I get all kind of um, amazing answers to questions uh, when I ask nonprofit leaders, but one like this, I can imagine, um, and I actually have gotten this kind of answer about another topic, but, oh, I'd rather not know about that because if I knew about it, I would just worry all the time. How would you answer that? I mean, have you ever heard that answer on this, this subject? And how would you answer that if you yeah, did? So people have asked, you know, don't you get paranoid when you're doing this? And exactly the opposite happens because you go through the process that we teach. After about 90 days, it becomes, it's a habit and a behavior. So you do it automatically. So you're not even concerned about those types of things. But I, especially when you're dealing with your kids, wouldn't you rather know what the threats are and be aware of what those threats are? What are the indicators of them possibly being under a threat, having predators coming at them? Um, wouldn't you rather know that? Wouldn't that make you feel actually more secure and less stressed because you knew to watch your kids and pay attention to what's going on and make sure that they're, they're safe and they're healthy? Um, so yeah, we deal with it all the time, but everybody that comes out the other end of our program realizes that it doesn't take Anytime it's something that they just do automatically, they've honed that hair on the back of the neck and that gut feeling, those instincts. So they're just going about their lives. But now when they're going about their lives, they're in a prepared state. They've thought about if something might happen today, what they might do, and they're prepared. And that's the big difference. You mentioned kids. A lot of our charities work with children. And um, I understand that um, children are abducted when there's not a safety net around them and people aren't paying attention. Is that right? Well, and when it comes to human trafficking and a number of other things that are going on today, the threats to our kids, it's being done via cyber. 88% of all human trafficking that is done in our country today and actually around the world is done over the internet. So it's not even making sure that they don't get kidnapped out in front of your house or in a park or something along those lines. It's knowing what to look for and the behaviors of your kids if a predator is going after them online and there are proven things that our kids do when that is going on and things that parents can look for. There's great training that nonprofits give on all of these topics from suicide to human trafficking, to sexual harassment, um, bullying, great information. But one of the reasons all of the statistics on all of these threats are going up is because we're not empowering people to have habits and behaviors to take that great information and use it, right? There's something that's called the forgetting curve. If somebody gets information on a Monday, if you don't reinforce that contact within a week, they'll forget 95% of what you told them. They go on with their lives. So they could have had great information on how to identify somebody potentially being human trafficked. But if they don't have a process to use that information, it's, it doesn't do any good. So it's not <clears throat> one of the duty and delight, the duties and delights of a leader is to make sure everybody in the culture understands all about this. And it's front of mind because you're right. We, we sometimes have people come in once a month or twice a month into our nonprofit or once a week in our churches or synagogues, but there's been a lot that's happened in between and people forget. So how do we, what are some principles? And I want to go to those 
those 10 critical skills in a minute, but what are some ways that, that leaders can keep these skills in, in front of people and in front of their mind? Right. So when leaders have situation awareness, they look for those learning opportunities. So they are consistently working on developing culture, working on the behaviors that are from a positive. I use a term called managing by metrics, managers that, that um, punish behavior that isn't successful is the opposite of an active leader. So with situation awareness, if you don't have it, you don't see those opportunities. So it's very, very difficult to be an effective leader and do that because the goal should not be to, as you pointed out, to micromanage. The goal should be to be that leader that is consistently communicating. They're trusting their people. And as they're trusting and developing their people, which should be a continuous, vigorous effort, that's where they see those things. They identify uh, issues before they become problems by suggesting other ways to go forward. Uh, but all too often today, there, because there is a leadership void in our country, people will wait till bad things happen and then they try to correct it then. Well, that's too late. We've got to use situation awareness, early, early learning opportunities. You know, we tend to do the same old thing over and over. And I, I see Albert's looking over your shoulder there. Yes. That famous quote that you want to, the definition of insanity. So let's go to these 10 critical skills. So what are those 10 skills? And I'll try and get through without forgetting any. Um, the first one is, are you self-aware? And there's three parts. What's going on around you? Um, um, what are you capable of doing? And that your words and your actions have impact. We talk about you have to be an active listener. Most people today are not active listeners. You need to know how to communicate. You need to be decisive. Um, you need to have learning agility. You need to know how to think critically. You need to know how to communicate. And then we have to have humility and empathy. Wow. That's quite a list. Now, um, your website is paratus, P-A-R-A-T-U-S dot group. Yes. So what's the origin of that name and what will people find when they go there? So Paratus is uh, Latin for, for prepare. And with all our programs, that we're, that's what we're talking about. Our programs are to prepare you for the real world. So the Paratus group is a, we do active shooter training. We will help companies and organizations develop plans and procedures um, and those types of things. But the core purpose, the core mission of the Paratus group is to teach situation awareness. I've learned over the last four years that you can have great hardware, you can have great training plans, but if you're not continuously planning, and if you don't have situation awareness to identify those indicators of something bad happening, you won't be successful because the goal is to prevent it from happening. You want, to, you want as far left of bang as possible to see the bad things before they happen so that you can prevent them. So the foundation of all the programs at the Paratus Group is the development of situation awareness. And then we have two different, two different types of customers. We have the schools, churches, and businesses, we co-create a program with them. And then we have programs that directly go into the home for parents, high school, college students, and anybody that potentially wants to learn how to defend their home and make sure that their home is, is a safe place. You know, you would think our houses of worship would be a safe place, but there've been plenty of incidences where people have taken advantage of us having our guard down. And um, so it's, it's a cultural awareness, you say, on your website. Um, so is there a place on the website where people can find those 10 critical skills? 
actually what we set up is if they want to, you know, learn more about the Paradis group, they can send an email to info at paradis.group. And when they do that, they'll get in a return. Um, they just have to send their name and um, obviously that'll be in the email, but send their name and what they're interested in, in a conversation about. And we'll send them a checklist of what the 10 critical skills are, as well as a, a checklist on how to prepare your home so that your home is safe. Um, so, you know, they can go to the website and they can, they can learn that, but we like to start the conversations at a personal level because the learning of situation awareness is not, is not like I said, traditional training and it is personal. Everybody develops it for themselves. So, um, that's the best way for them to get that information. So info at P A R A T U S dot group. Yes, sir. Uh -huh. P A R A T U S is the spelling and then dot group. It's not dot com. It's dot group. Correct. And, um, that's, that's a good synergy with that. So, um, how does somebody learn besides, I guess studying with you is certainly an option, but do you have, do you have articles, things people can read to learn more about situational awareness? So I have a book coming out. It's going to also be called prepare to prepare for the real world. And it's going to have it seven chapters in it that outline a lot of the key formats and, and foundations of what situational awareness is. So it is a, a good foundation. Uh, there's a book left of bang that people can read. It was written by a Marine major. Um, it's a great book as well. Um, but the bottom line is situation awareness isn't reading a book. It's not just taking a one or two hour class. It's having a program in place where over a period of time, you get a chance to establish habits and behaviors and the, and the proper mindset. Because you've heard of the 2190 rule, right, Hugh? The, the 2190? Yeah, so the 2190 rule, it takes 21 days to establish a new habit and 90 days to establish a new behavior. That's why I've got Einstein's definition over my shoulder because for over 40 years, we in business, especially, or in church safety, will have a two hour class that somebody takes and then we check the box. And now we think that those people are gonna take that information and be able to use it. Well, you can only use it if you establish habits and behaviors. So that's why a program that is like ours, um, that over a period of time, we help everybody develop that, their own personal skill. That's how they become successful. And one other unique thing about our program is we'll never tell anybody what to do because we feel if we do that, we're setting people up for failure. Hugh, if you and I were standing right next to each other and we're looking at a, a situation unfolding, you would agree that we have different backgrounds, different perspectives and different training levels, right? So then we should not be expected to be able to respond the same way. So we need to figure out how we're capable of doing it. You know, if my wife and I are, are um, she's five foot two and 120 pounds, she's not gonna go take on a, a six foot man in a fight. I might, but she's gonna have to know what action she can take to keep herself or our kids safe if something bad happens. And that's absolutely okay that our responses are different, but what's important is we set ourselves up for success by knowing what we're capable of doing. That's so important. So we have leaders that are in organizations of all types that don't have this kind of embedded security in, in the culture. So it's, it's hard to be fully effective as a leader what does a leader do if they find themselves in that kind of situation? How do you, how do you build the energy around P 
people wanting to learn about it without, you know, being a fatalist or, or conspiracy theorist. You know, the guy said the other day, hey, I got to get some new conspiracy theories because all the old ones came true. <laughs> Besides that, you know, how do we how do we have that conversation with people without them thinking we're bonkers? Well, the interesting thing is that leaders today really have no idea um, what is going on um, or history or associations that their employees are having. Um, and that's not set to be a bad thing. It's just a fact of life. Um, I'm doing a, a course for a small business and um, we did a survey. We always do a survey at the beginning and there's 26 people in the program. 23 of those 26 people had had either personally or one degree of separation, one of the top six threats happened to them. So we had people in that group that nobody knew this had ever happened to them, who had been raped, who had been uh, uh, victims of a burglary, who, have been, who had been assaulted, who had been bullied, who had thought about committing suicide. These are the 23 of the 26 people and nobody knew about it. That's why our program is different than most other programs. We don't just talk about active shooter because when we just talk about active shooter, most people will say that will never happen to me. But when we talk about all of these threats, almost everybody has some personal experience with somebody that it's either happened to them, somebody in their family or a close friend that, that something like that has happened to. And they realize that with situational awareness, I could be prepared to, to maybe prevent that from happening or identify some indicators that somebody might be thinking of committing suicide and get that person help. That's why situation is so important. So it's like I said, it's not just to take responsibility to make ourselves safe, but it's to, it's to help keep our businesses, our, our congregations and our communities safe because we all work collectively to do that. And if you take care of this, then we can do the business that we're supposed to be doing of helping people. And that goes, yeah, that goes back to, you know, your question, don't people get paranoid? Actually, just the opposite happens. Because when you're prepared, you're much less likely to have high levels of stress, high levels of anxiety, which means you're going to have higher job performance. Right now, according to SHRM, um, job productivity and performance, you can lose up to five hours a week because people are stressed and anxious. So if we can just get rid of that, job performance goes up. They're more happy in their work. You can deal with things like a pandemic because you learn how to manage risk. You learn how to do critical thinking um, instead of just listening to the news and, and just thinking that that's the truth all the time. Um, that's how, why this skill is so critical that we all have it. So SHRM is an association of human resource managers? Yes. Sorry, I threw that, uh, you know, Air Force... Uh, I'm big at throwing out acronyms. <laughs> it's an acronym world when you're in the military. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so um, we're running up to the end of our really helpful interview, and it's something we just don't think about, and it's something we need to think about, and it's becoming more important every day. Um, even if you don't read the news, there's problems going on in the world. Yes. Um, so can you run through those ten critical skills again? And then before we, we end this great interview, um, what thought or what tip would you like to leave people with? Yeah, so um, you need to be self-aware, active listener. Uh, you need to think critically. You need to be able to communicate. You need to be decisive. You need to have learning agility. You need to have humility. You need to have empathy. I think I left out one, but that was, oh, oh two, I left out two. You need to be perceptive and you need to understand perspective. 
Well, Brian, those are basic leadership skills, aren't they? It is, but the sad thing is, Hugh, that most people today have not developed those skills. Um, over 83, 83% of the kids coming out of college today have not developed those skills. Um, we've been, for about the last 20 years, trying to rely on high schools and colleges to teach it. It's not their job. Parents are supposed to teach it. Um, so, so businesses are now having to do that. Um, I would get very frustrated when I would hear people my age complain about the, the millennials and the Generation Z. You know, they're lazy, they don't listen, they don't do X, they don't do Y. And my conversation with them is always, okay, why do you think they do that? Well, I don't know, they're just, they're lazy. And I say, well, let's not look at the symptom of their behavior. Why do they, be why do they behave that way? Well, it boils down to the fact that nobody's given them the necessary skills to do the things that they need to do. So instead of complaining about it, let's give them the necessary skills. And that's why it's, we even make sure that in all of our programs, we teach those 10 critical skills. And you know, it was us, the boomers that set up that, that dynamic by not doing that. So yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good observation. So what do you wanna leave people with? A thought, a challenge, a tip? What do you wanna leave people with today? Yeah, situational awareness is the foundational tool. Um, again, it helps us be safe, it helps with mental health, and it makes us better parents and better leaders. And hope is not a strategy. I talk about that all the time. Um, hoping that you're going to be safe, hoping that you're going to be happy, hoping that you're going to be a good leader. Um, you need the foundational tool that empowers all the other great training and all the other learning that we have. So we can set ourselves, our businesses, our schools and our churches and our communities up for success. That's great. I um, want to piggyback on something you said. The best musical ensembles, the best military groups, the best drama groups, the best sports teams rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. And it's not practice makes perfect. No, perfect practice makes perfect. Rehearse the right thing. So Brian, you've inspired me to really start looking at systems and uh, think about my leadership skills that are out there to, to observe and protect people and keep people safe. Thank you for being our guest and sharing such useful information today on the nonprofit exchange. Oh, Hugh, it's been awesome. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to the nonprofit exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.